the anti-inflammatory diet promotes the intake of nutrient-rich plant-based foods and actually has been proposed as a promising therapeutic approach to targeting chronic inflammation and associated health conditions like type 2 diabetes and cardiovascular disease. I think a lot of us know this already, but what exactly is an anti-inflammatory diet and how can it help you reduce your chances of expressing that disease gene that may be coming for you down the road. This is what we're talking about today, so I hope you'll join us. Hey there, beautiful. I'm so glad you stopped by. Welcome. Welcome to another episode of More Than Hope Podcast, where we will openly discuss how to find that wonderful, radiant, vivacious goddess that you once knew and bring her back to life. I'm Wendy, holistic nutritional consultant, and I know we're going to be best friends because I know that it takes more than just hope and the occasional carrot to reach your heart's desire. And I want to help by offering you real solutions because after all, you're a real woman dealing with real issues in the real world. Let's face it, life can be tough sometimes. Heck, our own inner voice can be our own worst enemy, and it's hard to get out of our heads and see the reality of life. But when we have someone to turn to, someone to lean on, someone who has our backs and gets us, life can be a little easier. We smile more. We laugh more. We appreciate life more. I'm here to tell you that I am that someone. I'm on your side. And truth be known, I love you. So grab your carrot and let's get started. Over the past month, we've really discussed and dove really deeply into the topic of inflammation regarding the prevention of disease process from expressing itself in your body. This is what I'm all about. This is what I really am trying to get across to a lot of people because we have the potential, we have the power right now, right here, right today, to actually begin the process of reversing the, the potential for disease to come down the road later on. It's about prevention, folks. It's about setting yourself up for success, not failure. It's about setting yourself up today and allowing for the beginnings of reversal. We all are, for the most part, predisposed to these lifestyle diseases. We, for the most part, because of the way society is, because of the way that um, our foods are today, because of the, the crazy lives that we lead, we are all, we're all set up to fail, unfortunately. And it's, it's hard for me to see this because when I was nursing and when I was doing palliative care nursing and seeing the end disease, the end process, the end of life as a result of diseases that for the most part are preventable. This crushed me. I'm going to start crying about it. 
Anyways, this is what I'm trying to get across to you guys. You can do something about it. You have the power in your hands and knowledge is power. Knowledge is your weapon against the epidemic of lifestyle diseases that is going on currently in 2021. It's been going on for a while now, but as we age, it becomes more and more prevalent. It becomes more and more in your face. We, we know more people that are passing away of cancer. We know and see our parents and our friends that are dying of heart disease. And, and you know, we, we have so many people in our lives that we know that has, have diabetes. It's up to you. But again, if you don't know, how can you do any better? So this is why I do what I do, guys. This is why I love to be able to give you the information to empower you to have a fighting chance at least. Give you the opportunity to know that there are options for you. As a really knowledgeable society nowadays, the potential for knowledge, I, I know there's tons and tons of knowledge out there right now. There's there's tons and tons of stuff that you can Google. Google Doctor is, um, yeah, well, it can be a pretty good thing, but it can also be a really nasty thing, depending upon how you use Google Doctor. But, you know, there's a few people, and I think I can classify myself in that in that category, that really, really, really are concerned about this topic and want to give you the best information possible. So first of all, thank you for being here. Uh, and second of all, use this information to your advantage. Use this, this knowledge to empower yourself to do a little bit better. Because, I mean, it's all good to read a book but or listen to a podcast or even use Google Doctor. But unless you take the action steps you, that are needed towards the right direction, it's not going to really make a difference to you. You have to implement some strategies towards what your goals are. What are your goals, first of all? I mean... Really, what a, do you want to uh, lose a limb to diabetes? Do you want to not wake up um, by ha and having a, a stroke or a, a, a cardiovascular uh, episode through the night and not wake up and never see your children again? Um, do you love not being able to get very far from the bathroom because of bowel issues. Uh, you know, have you ever been by the bedside of somebody that's passing from cancer? I have. I've seen it. It's, yeah, it is what it is. I mean, we're nobody's getting out of here alive. But I would like to know, for me personally, I would like to know that I have done everything possible in my repertoire 
in my knowledge, in my health toolkit, done everything possible for myself to make sure that, you know, when I go, it's not going to be painful. It's not going to be after months and months and months of in and out of hospitals. It's not going to be after surgery. It's not going to be after poisoning my body with chemicals. It's not going to be after any of that. It's going to be on my own terms, hopefully in my own home, you know, maybe in an old rocker with a cup of tea by my side, with a blankie over me, and quietly just pass, you know, somewhere about 105. <laughs> this is what I have in my head for me, and this is my plan for me. So I do what I can to ensure that I, I'm going to get there. I really don't want to die of cancer. I don't want to die of a heart attack. I don't want to die of type 2 diabetes. This is not where I want to be. And I have that choice. I mean, there's no real guarantee. There's no guarantee in anything. But knowing that I have done everything possible for myself, if I still end up getting cancer, well, then I'll deal with it. I'll deal with it in the same manner that I deal with everything else that comes up that's not so nice. But anyways, it is what it is. And this is why I'm offering you guys that opportunity to know and do a little bit better for yourselves. So back to inflammation. Like I said, over the past month, we've talked more and more and, and a lot about inflammation, uh, what inflammation is. So you have your, your pro-inflammatory uh, pro response, which is your classical inflammation, which is the acute mechanism. So that, um, that short-lived uh, response that is usually comes about from uh, cellular destruction or um, in some sort of infection. So you get some pain and swelling and redness and heat. This is the classical signs of inflammatory response um, from, say, a cut or, like I said, a, a virus or something along that lines. And this is the body's mechanism for um, uh, helping you to repair and rejuvenate cells in that area and, and re quickly return the body to balance and homeostasis. Uh, and then we have the other one. We have the um, chronic or the silent inflammation that I think 90% of us, maybe more, have. Um, don't quote me on that quote, on that uh, percentage. But I mean, pretty much everybody I see in my clinic uh, in live blood, I can see infl inflammation, um, uh, sorry, chronic inflammation. And I can just hear it. For the most part, you know, people are achy, people are, you know, stagnant, they're, they don't sleep well, they don't, you know, they have skin issues, they they feel groggy, they, you know, these, these conditions um, are very much part of everyday society. And it's unfortunate because we've really taken that as the norm now, and it doesn't have to be. Uh, this is not normal, folks. This is not the way a body should be on a regular basis. 
um, my my business partner Dana Irvine. She provides thermography, uh, which is a thermal imaging of the body, which can also see the inflammatory response in the body. And she, in her practice, sees like again, ninety to ninety-five percent of people are are inflamed. Um, and this is concerning. This is concerning. This is why I've spent a pretty much a whole month talking on this. And um, when we are talking about the chronic or silent inflammation, this is a persistent, uh, low level, uh, you know, below the pain threshold that is associated with, you know, our chronic health diseases that I'm talking about, cardiovascular disease, inflammatory bowel disease, arthritis, cancer, diabetes, type 2 diabetes. These are, these are the issues that are wreaking havoc on our society and our healthcare system. And this is, these are things that you can do something about today. is opening back up and I'm concerned about you my friend are you ready is your body ready things have shifted there's no denying that the world has shifted and the opportunities to keep you healthy are more important than ever right now are you doing everything possible for your body? Are you doing everything possible to stay healthy for your friends and family? This is why I have set up a free call for you to connect with me and just chat and see where you're at, where you're going, and how we can make it better together. So follow the link in the show notes and set up an appointment so we can talk one-on-one about real stuff, about your health and how your future looks. It concerns me and I want you to have the best opportunity that you can going forward. I look forward to talking to you. So a lot of you know that if you've been following me, I hate the word diet. Diet really brings about that idea of weight loss, fad, um, deprivation, all these terms that are very derogatory and negative. So when I'm talking about an anti-inflammatory way of eating or an anti-inflammatory diet, hear me say therapeutic. When I say diet, I really am talking about a therapy, a therapy that is focused or, or laser, laser focused towards an end result um, for a health condition. Um, not going to get into that too much. I, I could go on all day because I tend to get a little passionate about that. But 
fad diets are not my thing by any means. Um, I'm talking to real people that, you know, have bigger issues than trying to lose 20 pounds. I mean, when you eat a certain way and you eat for your specific body, your individual body, and whatever issues you have, your weight naturally just falls into a you know, align with where you need to be at that time. Okay, so not talking about that today. We're talking about an anti-inflammatory nutrition. So uh, a way of eating. Not um, And at this point, because you know my definition of it, it is a diet. It is a way of looking at um, a way of eating. So we've, over the last couple of years, They've really, the research has really dove really kind of deeply into the um, the way our, our eating actually contributes to inflammation and how it actually increases the inflammatory conditions in our body. So there's actually three specific dietary trends that are linked with silent inflammation and see if this kind of resonates with you a little bit in the way that you're eating right now. Um, an increased intake of refined carbs. So refined carbs are anything that's been processed down to the point where you don't see, it doesn't resemble what Mother Nature looked like. So um, a refined grain would be white bread or um, white sugar. A lot of the white stuff, because they actually have refined it right down to a point where it's lost its natural color as well too. Um, and then those refined carbs that are um, made into all of those wonderful baked goods that everybody loves and um, takes in on a regular basis. The second dietary trend that they have been finding is an increased consumption of omega-6 fatty acids. So these are the fatty acids that we see in fried foods um, and they have been you know we we've taken so much of them in that they've actually led us to the third dietary trend which is the decrease of consumption of omega-3 fatty acids so because we've got that decrease of omega-3 fatty acids which is where we find what we find in our natural fats so we get them in our avocados, our flaxseed, our, our fatty fishes, um, fishes, is that a word? <laughs> our fatty fish, sorry. Um, and because there's a de de decreased consumption of the omega-3 fatty acids or a decrease of the amount of in our bodies, um, this has allowed the omega-6 fatty acids to uh, be in overabundance in our bodies. And we don't wanna have that. We wanna have a nice balance of all of the omegas. So there's about five or six of them. Um, omega-3, omega-6, 9, 7, I think 13. Don't quote me on that one. I don't have them in front of me right now. But there's uh, a handful of them. But omega-3s are very, very important for cardiac um, and heart health. And omega-6 is uh, in too much, so in, in in excess, is very, very difficult for the body to process. And, and we don't want it. It causes the inflammatory response to um, just go crazy. 
it just goes crazy in our bodies and we don't want that. We want to have the omega threes was actually, um, because like I said, they're heart healthy. Why are they heart healthy? Well, they, they help to decrease inflammation in our body. So, um, by incorporating this anti-inflammatory diet or therapeutic diet uh, and incorporating an abundance of anti-inflammatory foods and restricting the intake of pro-inflammatory foods. So the ones like the refined carbs, the, and the omega-6s, you are really going to be targeting the inflammatory inflammation in your body at that point. So, what are the components of an anti-inflammatory diet? What, what is it that we're looking at? Well, it basically focuses on the consumption of um, really nutrient-dense foods, including those fatty fat, omega-3 fatty acids. Those are the really ones that you want to focus in on, as well as um, the phytonutrient plant-based foods. So your fruits, your, your vegetables. Yes, I said fruits. Even though fruit is a carb, actually carbs are in everything except for protein, um, animal fat, uh, animal protein, sorry. Carbs are in all fruits and vegetables and nuts and whole grains. So, but you're also, again, this is where it's not refined. It's a natural carb. And I don't want you to f not eat fruit. Please eat fruit. <laughs> Please. Um, I get... You know, if, if you're having psychological issues and you've been brainwashed to think that fruit is bad, so be it. Please just still eat fruit, but eat the low glycemic fruit like your berries and these kinds of things. But please just eat fruit. Anyways, so the, the, you're getting those phytonutrients through the plant-based foods. So uh, again, your, your vegetables, your fruits, your nuts, your whole grains, your whole grains, not refined grains, whole grains. and um, you know, you're also looking to, uh, if you're really, really wanting to decrease your inflammation, you're going to restrict or, you know, that, that nasty word, um, or what is it? You're going to want to be deficient in refined carbs and saturated trans fats. Um, whereas I don't promote a diet that really, um, has any kind of deficiency in it, these are bad for you. It just kind of makes total sense to me. If, if, if something's bad for you, you're not going to do it. Um, used to be that the major portion of the population smoked. Now it's not the more major population. It's a scattered few, you know? So whatever's bad for you, we kind of want to try to eliminate in our lives. Um, toxic relationships, uh, donuts for breakfast every morning, you know, these things, probably not the best thing for us. <laughs> Anyways, so in addition to incorporating the plant-based uh, uh, phytonutrient-rich foods and the omega-3 fatty acids, you're going to look at the glycemic load as well too. So when I talk about glycemic load, it's it's the amount of um, uh, you know, sugars basically. So when we're talking fruits, again, you're going to be looking at um, fruits that have a low sugar intake. So again, not, you know, not always snacking on the most ripe bananas and pineapples and stuff like that. But this is so much better than having, um, say, banana chips or banana flavored things that are in 
danishes or something like that. Um, okay, so, you know, the glycemic load and the consumption of omega uh, fatty acids in the diet, you know, these things really, really impact inflammation in our body. So there's really kind of just really two big aspects of incorporating an anti-inflammatory diet. And you really want to look at stabilizing that blood sugar levels. So that's that glycemic response. And um, having that healthy ratio of the omega-3 to omega-6 fatty acids again. So like I was saying earlier, um, omega-6 fatty acids are the ones that we have find in a lot of our fried foods. And um, it's the omega-3 fatty acids that we want to increase and we want to decrease the omega-6. Don't want to eliminate omega-6 because we still need them, but we want to have them at lower numbers and balanced out nicely in our body. So when we're looking at plant-based foods, well, again, this is like something, like I said, the fruits, the vegetables, the whole grains, and this is one of the major, major things. When you're building your dinner plate in the evenings or your any plate that you're eating off of, you want to really have a good 75% of your plate to be fruits and vegetables, whole grains. Okay. This is where you're going to get your flavonoids. This is where you're going to get your, um, um, your inflammatory, uh, anti-inflammatory, uh, carotenoids and different things like that, that are really, really, um, going to target the inflammation process in your body. Um, I mean, yeah, plant-based foods, fruits, vegetables, but chocolate is on that list as well too. I'm not necessarily just chocolate, but cocoa. So a high grade 70% cocoa in a chocolate bar, a small square is, you know, anti-inflammatory as well as a glass of wine. But that doesn't mean like a whole bottle of wine. That means a glass of wine. Um, if you have a tendency to throw histamines, your cheeks get a little red when you drink wine, uh, tip of your nose gets a little red, and you get a little sniffly with wine, I would just avoid it um, because you're, you're kind of getting an allergic response. Not that you're allergic to wine, but it, you're throwing histamines and, and different things off uh, with regards to it. So I would avoid it. But um, one glass of wine in the evenings is not a bad thing. And again, it's not about deprivation. It's about seeing what is right for you. If you find that you can't stop at one glass of wine, then maybe you shouldn't have the first one to begin with. If you stop, can't have just one piece, small square of 70 to 90% chocolate, then just don't have any at all. It, it's that balance and you got to figure out where you stand and sit with that balance because it is your body and everybody's going to be, everybody is going to be a little bit different. So when we're looking at carbs, um, the quality of dietary carbs is going to be, you know, one of the big key things here. And like I said, carbs are in everything except for animal um, proteins. Um, the consumption of whole grains, 
um, can be a big part of an anti-inflammatory diet. So don't think that you can never have grains. It's the refined grains that you want to stay away from. So the white flours and the sugars, these are really, really associated with um, increased levels of inflammation in the body. This greater inflammatory potential may be a result of their effect on that glycemic response that goes on in the body. So when we're taking in refined carbs, um, they are also typically lower in nutrients and fiber. And we need that fiber, we need that nutrient-dense foods in our lives to really um, keep our blood sugar levels stable. And perhaps I should do a whole episode on um, glycemic index alone because it can be a little technical for some people to understand. But what we're wanting to do is keep that blood sugar levels stable throughout the day. So um, let's see here. High GI foods, so high glycemic index foods, are you know very much contributing towards the inflammatory response. And we want to keep away from that because when we have high inflammation, um, you know, that really contributes to downstream where we're looking at our type 2 diabetes, um, uh, inflammation and, you know, metabolic markers as well too. So the metabolic syndrome that so many of us women tend to fall into as we age, you know, especially with the shift in our hormones and whatnot. Again, totally different podcast. But just understanding that we want to really watch what foods that we're taking in. Again, the non-starchy, low glycemic fruits and vegetables and whole grains, if you really want to be very cautious and very strict about what it is that you're taking in, those are the ones you want to go towards. If you're just beginning this process, include potatoes include bananas, include um, more, um, you know, moderately refined carbs, you know, working your way towards a stricter diet, you're going to start to feel better no matter what. As soon as you start really focusing in on your diet and making some shifts, you're going to feel a lot better. Um, when we're really and, and people that are wanting to be really strict and, and strategic about their health, they will go to, you know, very low glycemic fruits and vegetables and, you know, really no refined grains at all. So a lot of whole grains and may even go towards uh, gluten-free grains as well too. Some people go no grains at all and that's perfectly fine. Um, you know, we still get a lot of our carbs that we need for energy and brain health in our fruits and vegetables. So grains are, they give us fiber and they give us some nutrients, um, but they're not as needed as, as some of the, as fruits and vegetables are. Um, and the fruits and vegetables and the whole grains, like we we're saying, actually help to maintain that blood sugar level. They help maintain so you don't have the highs and the lows from that you're going to get from um, in between meals that you're going to get from, um, uh, you know, sugary meals and uh, the rise in your blood glucose and insulin levels as a result. And, and then, you know, getting into the whole 
insulin levels and uh, that shift and everything else. So when we look at fat, um, fat is, again, depending upon the, the fat that you're taking in, can be either a good thing or a bad thing. Um, fat um, can produce, especially if it's from animal products, so your meats, your cheeses, your dairy products, um, these are saturated fats. And these fats are going to, and they may promote the inflammatory response by binding um, different receptors and proteins in your blood. And they can actually help promote um, the inflammatory cytokines, which are those little bad guys that we don't want to have um, that are causing inflammation around our bodies. Um, saturated fats on a, on a smaller scale can actually play a part in inflammation or in inflammatory response, but it's, it's the overconsumption that is going to be detrimental. Um, and again, I don't want to really take anything specific out of a diet. We need fat in our diet. Um, the whole fad from the 70s and 80s and then a little bit into the 90s of a, a no-fat diet is, is not, it's not conducive to proper health from my perspective as a professional. <laughs> and um, we do need to have that fat in our lives. We need we do need to have the, the omega-3 fatty acids, which are so, so good for our bodies. Um, so, you know, you really wanna have that nice balance of omega-3 and omega-6, that ratio, you wanna have them you know, a fairly good ratio of one to one. So, you know, look at your diet, see where you're taking in a lot of fats. So if you're taking in a lot of animal fats, you really want to maybe want to decrease that a little bit on making sure that you have leaner um, versions of that too. And then also incorporating more of your omega-3s through fatty fish, such as mackerel and salmon and sardines and anchovies, um, flax seeds, walnuts. Um, these are gonna be really, really important for incorporating um, the omega-3 fatty acids. When we're looking at protein, um, and, and it, with relation to the anti-inflammatory diet, you wanna really go as much as possible towards a vegetarian or plant-based way of eating. It is going to be detrimental, you know, especially even if you just go vegetarian for a little while, if you're really, really concerned about your inflammation and, and what it's doing to your body, it's going to help you. And then you can incorporate some really lean meats after a while, once you've really brought your body into some homeostasis and gotten yourself into a really nice routine of eating um, enough to keep your blood sugars level and keep that inflammation down. But the balance of protein and the glycemic load of the meal is really essential for preventing unhealthy fluctuations in that blood glucose as well too. So you want some really healthy fat proteins, lean meats, um, occasionally eggs, 
um, occasionally cheese, maybe one to two servings a week. This is what you're kind of aiming for. Even when we're looking at our fish and seafood to get our omega-3s, we're going to be looking at two to six servings per week, not every day. Um, your healthy fats, though, you want to have five to seven servings of those a day. Um, as far as our whole grains go and incorporating beans and legumes as well. So you're looking at whole grains at three to five servings a day, perhaps. So this is our non-refined grains. And when we're looking at beans and legumes, um, we're looking at one to two servings a day. So you can incorporate lentils and beans and, and um, different aspects of that but your vegetables and your fruits you're going to be looking at four to five servings a day um you know with both of those so you're probably wondering what the heck can i eat wendy it doesn't seem like much left except for whatever um but i've got a list here that you can actually take in so um trying to keep this a little bit short but it's a lot of information so um, if you need to pause and then come back, I'm almost done. <laughs> but you want to really enjoy, again, a lot of beans and legumes. So you're going to get your proteins from that too. So if you're really looking towards a more vegetarian kind of or a heavily plant-based diet um, or way of eating, you're going to be looking to incorporate a lot of beans and legumes into your diet. Um, fatty fish, fruit, again, don't be afraid of fruit, your healthy fats, and you know, switching out vegetable oil for extra virgin olive oil or avocado oil. Um, a lot of herbs and spices are going to be really, really pro-anti-inflammatory. Pro pro um, and you can look back into, was it last episode, I believe, we talked about uh, herbs and spices that are anti-inflammatory. Nuts and seeds are all going to be anti-inflammatory. You know, making salads, um, making whatever meals, throw a, a handful of nuts and seeds onto whatever it is you're making, even your oatmeal in the morning. These are going to be amazing benefit to your health on a daily basis. You don't have to have lots, because again, nuts and seeds are very, are they're high in fat, so you're going to have a little bit more high caloric value to them. Um, but, uh, you know, a, a couple of tablespoons of these are going to be perfect. And then, of course, a whole pile of vegetables, all vegetables. And if you're really wanting to be very strict about it, just um, non-starchy vegetables. And then, of course, our... Um, unrefined whole grains. Um, you want to moderately take in eggs, dairy, meat, and vegetable oils. Not something I would really recommend too, too much, but when you are taking them in, just take in small amounts. So if you're thinking there's no way in hell, Wendy, I'm going to be able to, you know, go towards a vegetarian meal or a way of eating. Um, I love my eggs or I love my meat and that's fine. That's, hey, you do you. It's how badly you want to change and how badly you want to really, um, you know, switch up your health. If you can't give up these things, just decrease them for a little while. The things you really, really want to avoid, though, refined carbs. So your white rice, your white bread, your pastas, 
there's lots of options out there nowadays, lots of options. You're going to avoid processed fats and oils. So margarine, please just eliminate margarine from your vocabulary. Don't even look at it. Don't go there. Soybean oil, sunflower oil, corn oil, these are processed. Don't go there. Vegetable oil, don't go there. Get towards your healthy oils. And then processed foods, so chips, crackers, cookies, pastries. These are things you want to avoid. So, again, just a bottom line situation here. If you really, really want to do this and you really want to decrease your inflammation, you're going to regulate that blood sugar glucose levels. You're going to really eat, you know, maybe small meals throughout the day. Keep the blood sugar up. Um, I'm not saying high. I'm keeping it stable. You don't want it to drop where you're craving and you end up having a mouthful of crackers before you even know it. You don't want that. You want to just keep it nice and stable. Like, you know, so you have the same amount of energy pretty much throughout the whole day. And... Um, and you're going to be focusing on these foods that we're talking about, mostly plant-based, high in omega-3 fatty acids. And, you know, if you want any further information regarding any of this, connect with me. I'm here to help. Um, we are going into uh, a new month very shortly, and we will be talking a lot more about different things. But... There's lots of information here. And if you weren't able to, you know, figure out how to make a diet on your own with regards to um, decreasing your inflammation, reach out. This is what I do. This is what I love. This is what we can figure out what is best for you. And, you know, increase your chances of having the best life possible. Hey, I just wanted to take a moment to introduce you to a new program that's available now, but it's pretty much available all the time. Diet, obesity, and metabolic syndrome are very much linked to various cancers. We kind of know this and may account for as much as 30 to 35% of cancer deaths, indicating that a reasonably good fraction of cancer deaths can be prevented simply by modifying our diet. And the fact that chronic inflammation is closely linked to the exasperation of tumor-producing pathways, well, that's just fancy talk for it makes a big difference to be able to reduce our inflammation in our body. Extensive research actually has revealed that diet consisting of fruits, vegetables, spices, and grains has the potential to prevent cancer. I think most of us kind of know that these days, but where do we start? How do we go from the standard American diet, that sad diet, to the one that will keep us away from the doctor's office? In my experience, it starts with a seasonal cleanse. But look, we're not trying to be perfect here. And we all know that pizza tastes great, barbecue and beer happens, and you know, it's hard. It's really hard to shift and make those big, big changes overnight. But I have an easy compromise for you. It's one that really just goes between what we should be eating and what we are eating. I mean, because it's hard to give up the good things in life. And 
keep your body clean at the same time. They make it really, really hard. But we do want to fight disease. We want to fight against the process of those genes that are expressing in our bodies. We want to not have to be given the diagnosis. And I've got an easy way for you to go through that. It's just a seasonal cleanse. I mean, on a quarterly basis, once a season, we go for about 14 days, two weeks of cleaning up your body, getting your liver back to square one, balancing and enabling the body to take on a much, a much needed breather. Um, a, a breather from the chemicals and the food additives and the colorings and the pesticides, the unhealthy fats, the sugars, the genetically modified foods, the toxins. I could stay here all day talking to you about this, but we just want to get that sludge out of the body. We just want to clean things up and all it takes is 14 days. By allowing the body to clean up and restore itself, it actually increases your chances of having clearer skin, less GI stress, better sleeps, less moodiness, and even losing a couple of pounds. Not to mention the fact that it boosts your immune system and improves your chances of not having to get that diagnosis. When we give a body the chance to really come to a place where it's doing the job that it needs to do, basically keeping you healthy, it can do that work. And by allowing our bodies to clean up for 14 days, it gives that chance to us. It really increases our chances of not getting a diagnosis. And I want that for you. I want that for everybody. A seasonal cleanse is a really good place to start. I mean, like I said, it's hard to give up, you know, going to birthday parties and not having a piece of cake and going out and not having a nice glass of wine or whatever. And these things sometimes can be very detrimental if we don't give our bodies a chance to clean up once in a while because those toxins build up and build up and build up and they they hoard like a hoarder's house. It just it builds upon itself and, and it gets very, very hard for the body to do the work that it needs to do. But by incorporating a cleanse on a seasonal basis, it can really, really make a big difference. And that's why I offer that to everybody on a on a you know on a regular basis and the summer cleanse is going on now and I want you to be able to take that opportunity to take a look at it and incorporate it into your health journey so I've left a link in the show notes for you to begin your cleanse today and if you have any questions just reach out Oh, my beautiful friend, how are you doing? Was that episode helpful, inspiring, empowering for your journey? I'd love to know what you thought. You can head over to iTunes, the More Than Hope podcast, and subscribe and give me a review because this is going to help me to tailor these episodes to what you need most. Like I said, I'm here to help. In the meantime, you can find me on social media 
at Nutritional Solutions by Wendy on Instagram and Wendy Humphreys Nutritional Solutions on Facebook. The best place to find me is at my website though, www.whnutritionalsolutions.com. Every month I have a theme where I give away downloadables and other great free stuff. This is happening all the time because that's what I like to do. Also, don't forget to sign up for my newsletter and other great opportunities because if you like my podcast, you're going to love all the crazy offers I have too. Until then, know that you embody everything that is good in this world. Love yourself deeply and the world of possibilities will open up to you. I promise. Big love always, Wendy.